everybody, and welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm your host, Bo Nellis, and this is episode 98, Taking Your First Stab. I know, it's fucking about time, right? I had to take a little hiatus. I'll talk more about it. We're going to open things up with stoner moments, just like always, though. The opening segment in which I talk about things that I want to go back to from earlier episodes or clarify from earlier episodes. Uh, last week, I interviewed Miss Bliss from the Gonja Goddess Getaway, and I will be volunteering at that next weekend. I'm really, really excited. And then at the end, I, uh, I, I did a nose dab in, in a very meditative way, in a very kind of more intentional, ceremonious style than I usually use my dabbing specifically, but even just cannabis with. Um, and that was really enlightening for me. And it really kind of spoke to me on, on a way, um, of understanding breath work and release just uh, of tension, emotional release. Uh, to me, there are, are like three main types of release. There's injury. If you broke a toe or something and your body has to heal itself and kind of go through the physical therapy of having to, to re-strengthen and, and regain elasticity and a lot of different things. And that just kind of like hurts. It just kind of, there's just like this like dull pain to it, but it isn't so bad that you can't just breathe into it. And, uh, and then of course with cannabis lotion and, and the THCA, those are fantastic for injuries. And then there's traumatic exposure release, which is something I go through a lot. And, um, and it's just, it's emotion, uh, whether it's crying or, uh, howling or growling or what, whatever it, it, it's, it's a bubbling up of a variety of emotions in your body. And again, you have to breathe into it. But for me, traumatic exposure is a lot harder to breathe into than injury a lot of times um, because it almost immediately forces all of that emotion up. But once I do breathe into it, when, when I have the courage to breathe into it and let myself experience that emotion... It's one of the most satisfying releases there is. And, uh, and then the last release for me is the hardest. And that is self-imposed trauma. To me, that's when we buy into the bullshit, whatever that bullshit is, whether it's, it's a lifestyle, whether it's a lie that we're not good enough, what, whatever kind of, trauma we impose upon ourselves emotionally is just so much darker and denser and and sickening than anything else and that's what it feels like to me it feels like sickness like vomiting i get nauseous i get heavy i get i feel poisoned i, I feel poisonous sometimes and uh, I'm choking up a little bit, but it's also because I've had to, to be smoking a lot of flour the last day. I've got a, an issue with my torch. Anyway, moving on. Self-imposed trauma 
is one of the hardest things for me to do, to deal with. It's the hardest for me to breathe into. It's like breathing into a brick block um, right in the middle of my chest. And the reason why I haven't released an episode uh, for the past couple of weeks is that um, – and the week that I was, I first didn't release, um, I was supposed to record with someone and that kind of fell through. And then the day I was going to record for myself, I actually got served a notice by my landlord that he wasn't renewing my lease and I have two months to move. And that was really, really hard for me. Um, on top of that, earlier this month, my fucking car died on me. It just the tranny's blown. It's not even worth it to uh, to try and fix it because it's a beater, um, and it's an expensive beater at that too. It's an Audi, stinking Audis, but I loved it anyway. Uh, despite all of these things, it's been awesome that I have not one. But two people who have offered me the use of a car that they're not currently using, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm using a friend's car. Um, And the day that I found out that I was going to have to move, I just gave myself that day to grieve and be an asshole and cry a lot. Um, And I had a lot of friends who came over and were really supportive And one of my friends told me, uh, Heather specifically, she's been on the podcast before. She was like, sometimes the universe has a way of forcing change upon us when we don't take the initiative ourselves. And I know that's probably not what you want to hear right now. And I was like, you're goddamn right. That's not what I want to fucking hear right now. Like, fuck your bullshit. You know my life nonsense. But the next day, I, uh, I did not want to spend in that same state. And it was kind of a a good thing to keep in my mind because the truth is like, I've been bitching about this place for how long now? And uh, the good news is that pretty much right away, I had something else lined up that is actually probably going to be even better for me. And uh, it has... A little bit of a wait period behind it, but everything should work out that I can move into there right around the time that I have to move out of here. And everything, despite all of these really depressing and irritating and just like fucked up things that I'm having to deal with right now that are really emotionally taxing. I've been really lucky to have this incredible support system that I'm going to start fucking crying right now. Shit. That I'm just not used to. Um, Having gone through so many families and not really having a home, not really having. I think a lot of people take their family for granted. Just in that it's security. And I really feel like, I mean, my friends have always been my family, but even that has not always worked out in my best interest. And right now I feel like more than ever that I have a very supportive family of friends that feels 
more genuine than ever before. And I feel like so much of that is really in part because of cannabis and the way that cannabis has allowed me to interact with people's lives and help them for the better and stay in their lives and stay interested and active in their lives because of my fandom issues. Like I have a lot of problems um, connecting to people sometimes to just wanting to connect. Like I'm actually a really social person and I can find point of view usually to to touch base with most people um but having actual committed long-term connections familial connections is really really hard for me and uh and it's something I've obviously been working on and cannabis really does help me push through that a lot So despite wanting to curl up in a ball and despite being really anxious about all the times that I've been homeless before and where I could end up, despite the fear of knowing where I could end up, I'm really trying to lean in on the feeling of support and security that that my friends have shown me, that my network has shown me. And going back to the breath work and the release, um, once, once something, once a new place had been aligned for me, um, I went to take a dab and I really tried to like step back and, um, and put some intention behind it. And I, I think I thought I was, uh, I want to say it was some golden diesel or some sort of like kind of happy sativa that I'm used to smoking. Um, and I really wanted to put just, just a gratitude towards positivity and to kind of surrender myself to a benevolent power. Uh, you know, that, that is out there. Um, if I just, again, lean on it, if I don't lean on the negative, but lean on the positive. And so I was really mindful of that. And I, I took that dab and, um, and I had, I dropped the, the dab cap in the process. And when I, I bent down to pick it up, I just started retching. Um, I, I, I was immediate, like I started coughing and I was really nauseous, like the kind where, you know, like your diaphragm is just out of whack and this is not good for you. And your body really wants to eject some vomit. I didn't immediately puke. So I, uh, I breathed through it and I really tried to maintain control of my body. And I was able to do that pretty successfully and I navigated my way to the bathroom very calmly once it really seemed like, no, there's like a 98% chance this is going to go down. And then I breathed into it some more. And then I puked. I projectile vomited. And it felt amazing. Now, I don't usually vomit from bong loads or dabs or anything like that anymore. Um even some really, really harsh ones that I've had. I've got a friend who's got this like little uh, personal vaporizer that hits like a fucking hand of goddamn Satan himself. It's a fucking hot ass slap to the lungs. But I didn't vomit from that. 
So I really feel like the intention and the self-imposed trauma of always leaning towards that negative uh, really for the last at least 15, 20 years, of my, really the last 20 years of my life, I feel like I've I've just become progressively more negative of a person in a lot of ways. Um, I feel like that really got down and released something specifically in that block. Now, since then, I haven't exactly been a very positive person. I haven't been a super negative person. I'm definitely battling my depression right now. So that is that has become a reason why um, I, I didn't get this released. Uh, it was just a, a difference or it was just a, a matter of scheduling, of having the time, of having the emotional energy to do it, of having the mental focus to do it. And then of also having an environment in which I could do it because this heat wave has been kicking my ass and there was no way that this hobbit hole was like, I mean, it, it was like a, a fucking sauna up in here. So, anywho's long story finished off. It's been a shit show of a month, and I couldn't be luckier for it in a lot of ways. I still don't know what the fuck I'm going to do about my car, but I'm really just going to rely on the fact that if I just keep looking for the best opportunities, something something good's going to come out of it. So... I know that I'm hardly the only person who's had a shit show of a month. Um, my boy Willie is uh, recovering from Harvey. I know he's not the only one. Um, I have some friends and family who luckily were able to make it out of Irma without any any real issues. But there are a lot who didn't fare so well. Um I just want to, you know, sending positivity out to to them and to everyone else going through some shit. I want to thank everybody who reached out, whether it was with questions that you have for your own cannabis regiment or whether it was in support out of curiosity of where the fuck I was of just wanting to make sure that, you know, my depression wasn't too bad or something like that. I really appreciate it. Uh, whether it, it gets my mind off of my own problems and helps me delve into something that... Uh, that always makes me happy, which is helping people with weed, or uh, whether it was, you know, helping me be more positive by feeling more secure, uh, just in my place in the universe right now. So sorry to get all cry on you and everything, but I know a lot of people, myself included, when I listen to other podcasts, like the wrestling with depression, um really find a lot out of other people's shared experiences. And so I didn't want to hold it back. And I think that's a really important thing to, uh, to let yourself experience when you're using cannabis too. I'm not going to lie. And it's especially if you're going to be working into concentrates because so many things can come up. Uh, but so let's get into it. I've got a listener question, Brian, from a state that is anticipating legalization in a way that will allow him to dab for the first time, wants to know what a beginner should know about dabs. Now, of course, you want to make sure that you listen to my concentrates 
uh, podcast that you listen to my high temp, low temp podcast. I think I've got some other podcast, but I'm pretty sure that he's listened to all of them. And the truth is, I haven't just given a list of tips and tricks for people who really have no experience. Now, I'm fully aware of the fact that this would probably be a thousand times easier done through video than a podcast, but say la vie, here we go. Taking your first stab. Okay, when taking your first stab, we want to talk about the risk first. The biggest risk that there is is fainting. A lot of people will take a hit and it, it, whether it's blood pressure or just their inner ear going wonky, whatever it is, people can faint. Now, I don't normally faint from, from taking dabs or bong loads, but I have fainted while smoking weed once before. I was at a house party and we were doing these elevator hits where you take a bong load and then somebody pushes on your chest until you exhale and then they release and I don't know, it does something to your body and basically you lose consciousness. And I did that once. Normally when I, I was real stupid back in the day and did a bunch of stupid things like that where you would cut off somebody's O2 supply and I had a friend go into a seizure once. It was terrifying. This is not a good thing to do. So don't do this. We don't want to faint. That's the point of the story. Because I went off to like some purple fucking fairyland and I woke up talking to myself with the whole fucking party laughing at me because my inner monologue was just vomiting the fuck out. If you find yourself on the verge of fainting, if your vision is pinholing, if you don't feel steady on your feet, if your head is very swimmy, there's a tip that I learned from donating blood uh, at the United Blood Service. Uh, a, a technician there told me that I should squeeze my buttocks together for, I think it was like 10 seconds and then release for 10 seconds and then squeeze for 10 seconds and release for 10 seconds and have a very even measured breathing throughout. And there's something about rerouting your system. And by squeezing your buttocks, really, she's talking about squeezing your anus together. So you really want to actually like your butthole, like you're pinching off a loaf, shut it down. All right. Give it a nice strong squeeze. And if you can't do 10 seconds, do three seconds, do five seconds, but do it repetitively. And that should help you recenter your focus and rework your blood pressure. The other thing then, of course, is that when you're doing this for the first time, if you have any blood pressure problems, or if you just want to take that extra precaution, make sure you're around people, make sure you're in a safe place, make sure that you can seek medical attention if you need to. But for the most part, uh, if people faint, they're going to be okay. Uh, you just want some fluids. You just, you just treat them like you would for dehydration. Another risk of dabbing, which I kind of covered earlier, is puking. Coughing your face off until you puke, more specifically. Coughing your face off until you crack a rib. Coughing your face off until you faint because of lack of oxygen. So... 
It should go without saying, but we're gonna say it, start really, really slowly. It's called a dab, not a dollop, okay? It's called a dab for a reason. Just a dibbity dab will do you. Start with that rice grain size dab to begin with. If, especially if you have no experience with concentrate. Some people, you know, they travel and then they have friends or they'll get shipped something or whatever. If you really don't have any experience, you want to start really, really slowly. And when I say rice grain, I'm talking a, a grain of dry white rice. Really, really small, okay? And I don't care if that's sugar or shatter. Doesn't matter. Another risk to moving to dabs are burns. You could get burned an awful lot. Do not touch the nail or the banger or the bucket or the coil or whatever it is. It is fucking hot. It is hundreds of degrees hot. It is red fucking hot. Don't touch it. Sometimes you'll end up touching it with parts of your body you weren't expecting, like the inner fleshy part of your elbow. If you're going to have dabs on hand, it isn't a terrible idea to have some pot lotion on hand too, just to be able to apply to the burns immediately in case of. Now we'll get to some, uh, some options later on if you really want to lessen the risk of burns, uh, but that'll be later. Let's see here. Uh, on top of the nail, banger, bucket, coil, whatever you're using, uh, the torches are going to be hot, okay? Um, the material could splatter. So just like any other oil that you would be around splattering, it's going to be hot. Um, yeah, and then hot metal, hot glass. If you're using a torch, you really need to make sure uh, to be aware of what's around you to make sure that the invisible part of the flame isn't maybe burning anything. Uh, and then another risk is that fucking everything gets sticky. Everything gets sticky. You're going to want to get a dab mat. Um, you're also going to want to get a bunch of 99% isopropyl rubbing alcohol. And you're going to want to have some sort of oil around to also clean up um, because not everything can take isopropyl alcohol. So say you've got like a wood table that you use, get some Murphy's oil. That's going to help clean it up a hell of a lot better than some 99% isopropyl alcohol, which is going to destroy the wood too. So, but yeah, in the end, like you thought that uh, resin was bad, that like, you know, your resin gets on your fingers and then it's on your linoleum and then you're like, how did it get on my fucking bathroom mirror? That doesn't even make sense. It's everywhere. Reclaim is like resin times 50. All right. Now that we got some of the risk out of the way, let's go into some of the fun stuff. Choosing a rig. So it's a lot of personal bias that goes into this, but I do have a few tips. First off, percolation. Percolation is really important. Now, percolation is, I don't know, it's kind of a mix of different definitions of the word. So really, you're like exciting the water that's in the rig 
and you're kind of filtering the uh, the vaporization through the water, but since it isn't, I don't know, it isn't really like a porous substance, it isn't exactly percolation, but the dance that the whole thing does, it's very lively, uh, so it can fit, it can fit. But the act of percolating is a way of really cooling the vaporization down more than anything, of agitating the different flavors in a way. It might in some way benefit the taste overall to your dab. Um, I don't have enough experience with different rig styles to totally know the difference. I know that the banger style can influence the overall taste on top of the quality of the concentrate that you're using um, significantly. So I imagine that the rig style would as well. I know that different bongs uh, contribute to the taste of flour in, in really different ways. Specifically, the more oxygen they allow into the chamber, uh, which is the main part of whatever piece you're using, the the more likely you're going to have a shit tasting hit because the cannabinoids and, um, well, I don't even know about the cannabinoids specifically, but just the smoke part that's in there begins to break down. That's in a bong smoking flour. And when you're taking a concentrate hit, it lasts a lot longer because you don't have all of that leafy material. You know, you've got uh, cannabinoids, you've got terpenes, you've got esters, you've got uh, a bunch of other fancy schmancy sciency words that aren't coming to my fucking head right now that make up the total flavor of the cannabis concentrate. Some of them vaporized, some of them will burn depending on the temperature, their consistency. There's a lot of different factors. So the thing is, not only do you want to take just a small dab to begin with, but you can fill your rig up and take small hits out of it. So it's a lot easier to go back and keep hitting a dab rig than it is to go back and keep hitting a bong. Um, hitting a bong can kill you. No, hitting a dab rig can also kill you uh, in the coughing sense and make you over cough and it can begin to burn, especially if you've taken too big a hit. But if you take a really small hit and fill the chamber of your dab rig with vapor smoke, um, you can take like whatever initial hit you got out of sucking the, the, uh, the vapor through into the chamber and just kind of let it sit for a minute. You can exhale, you can let it sit with you, see if you're going to cough, maybe cough it out a little bit. You should have a good 10 to 15 minutes before you're going to lose whatever is in that chamber. Again, depending entirely on the style. So my specific rig, I have a pretty good leeway of time that I can go back. Maybe 15 minutes is pushing it. I would say, okay, you got like five minutes for sure. Give yourself some time. Take a little hit. Let it sit. Take another little hit until all of it's gone. Another thing that can help make it a little bit smoother, make sure you use some cold water. With the dab rig, they don't usually have a place for ice cubes, and that can mess with some of the flavor anyway. 
but using a nice cold water is just going to add to the the intent of the percolation and cool down that vapor smoke for you, making it a lot easier for your lungs to take it. All that soft, fleshy, mucousy parts of your respiratory system. You know, until you develop a really nice callus, like myself. Uh, and then the last thing that I'm going to say uh, about choosing a rig is not to carb it when you are, or not to cap the carb, I should say, when you are taking your first hits. When you're really just starting to learn, when you cap your carb, and the carb is what introduces oxygen into the dab rig, um, a lot of banger styles have carbs built in. If there's just a hole from the bucket into your dab rig, that hole is the carb. If it goes down the arm, that's the way it is. But we do not pull the nail or the banger or whatever when we're dabbing because it's fucking hot. So a lot of people will put a cap over their banger to give it an added push. You don't want that push if you're just starting out. Even a directional carb, which just allows the airflow to be targeted to a, a specific part of your banger. I guess I should say that the banger is uh, the hot glass part where uh, you're actually putting your oil, in case you weren't familiar with that term. Um, it, the, a directional carb allows you to target the airflow, but it's still forcing it's still forcing it for you. And if you're really starting out and you want to go slowly and you want to do it safely, you don't necessarily want to cap it. So you might lose a lot of vapor when you stop inhaling, but you still got plenty in the chamber, I'm sure. Don't worry about it. It's more important that you don't puke in that moment, right? I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You do you, boo. Okay, so there are electric coils that you can use. I don't care to use them. Um, the banger styles are, they never fit. Uh, they never heat properly. So I use a torch. Some people use those creme brulee torches. Those are fucking scary to me. They leak all the time. The butane cans are expensive. Um, the good news is that you can keep one in your kitchen and people just think that you're a pastry chef or something like that. I use an industrial torch, which looks really fucking scary sitting on a coffee table to most people, but is actually way safer than the regular creme brulee torches because it's meant to be used over and over. It's meant to be used in a professional way, in the safest manner, and it allows me the most control over the flame and things like that. Now, unfortunately, after a while, I do have to replace the igniter uh, that I use. I just bought a new propane tank and I went to take a dab and the stinking adjustment nozzle stuck on me. That's my bad. It's been leaking some powder for a little while and I should have bought a new one when I bought the propane tank and I didn't. And it was kind of scary to uh, to turn on a propane tank 
and have the knob stick to the point where I couldn't turn it off. But I let it run a little bit, it warmed up, and then I turned it off. That's why you also need to be in a really safe space to work with flame if you're using a torch. But when it comes down to heat style, it's going to be a lot of personal preference. The same thing goes for choosing a banger. Um, I have a couple different bangers and I really like that. Uh, I have quartz bangers. Uh, Again, a banger is the word for bowl in a dab rig. But you don't treat it like a bowl because you don't pick it up and out in order to carb your hit. It has a built-in carb already. When it comes to choosing bangers, there's a lot I don't know because I don't have the money to throw at good quartz or even shitty quartz at this fucking point in my life. Um, I've got some quartz bangers that I've been using and I'll use them until they fucking crumble apart more than likely. And I started to understand why they do that by listening to an amazing podcast put out by Hotbox Podcast specifically number 193. Uh, He had a guest on there. um, The host is Matt Lee, and I can't remember the name of his guest, but this guest knew all kinds of things about quartz variations and composition and why USA quartz is so much more expensive and better quality than a lot of the Chinese quartz that gets shipped over and how to care for your quartz, how to clean your quartz, so many amazing things. Um, I'll, I'll give a couple of the tips that I know about quartz bangers, but I will have a link on the blog on the website to the Hotbox podcast number 193, but you can also find it anywhere that you find my podcast too, and probably at least a half a dozen places more. There's just no way that I can I can do any justice to that podcast. So if you want to know more about choosing a banger and just uh, quartz bangers all around, their history in in the marketplace and things like that, check out the Hotbox podcast, number 193. Uh, if you just want some tips for keeping your banger clean, uh, you're going to want Q-tips, you're going to want 99% isopropyl alcohol, and you're going to want your torch uh, or whatever heat source you're using. Um After you take a dab, you want to clean out the excess with a Q-tip. And in order to get whatever is left over, because there's a lot of charred remains that are left on the banger that you can't just um, wipe out, but there'll also be some excess oil that you can mop up with a Q-tip. Because if you just burn it off, it's just going to make a big smoky mess. And then once you get down to just what's left charred to the sides, that you actually burn off. Now, I just kind of, when I'm cleaning, when I'm cleaning my my uh, banger, that's when I get it red hot. And I need to go back and listen to episode 193 of the Hotbox podcast, because that guy was talking about not making it red hot in order to get yourself a hit that it would lead to a longer life for your banger. Um, but he, I don't remember him talking about any way to use a torch to clean it without getting it red hot, because that's when it actually starts to burn off. Uh, so I'm going to go back and listen to that. Um, but in the meantime, it works for me 
you can, for a very long period of time, just uh, burn off any any excess gunk that's left in your quartz um, or your titanium nail. You can just burn that off too. But again, when you get metal red hot, it can begin to warp, um, especially the lower grade nails. I do not recommend titanium nails for most people unless you are really confident about where the titanium is being sourced from. I had some issues with what I suspect were off-gassing from multiple cheap titanium nails that um, were really scary. So I guess I should have put that as a risk too, but there's the quartz option right now, which is so much cleaner, so much better for you. And even if you can't afford dropping $150 on a quartz banger made in the USA, you can still get a $20 quartz banger from China and it isn't as big of a health risk as getting the titanium nails from the way that I understand it. Now, when it comes to cleaning your rig, that's easier and also harder than cleaning your bong. Um, it, it isn't just as, it isn't as gross. It isn't black and gunky and super stinky, but it is going to get really sticky. The mouthpiece is going to get sticky. Your lips get sticky. Um, just the, the stickiness of the cannabis concentrate is also in that cloud of cannabis concentrate vapor. And Some people might feel that their lungs maybe even get a little bit sticky, but I think most of us enjoy that part of it. My lungs generally feel more open. I will say that dabbing is way better for my lung function than smoking bong loads or joints, than smoking flour, period. If I have good quality concentrate, my lung function, my coughing is reduced, my lung function is improved. It's amazing. So I think if you've never worked with cannabis concentrates before, if you're in a state that you can only access flour and then you move to concentrates, pay attention to how your lungs feel afterwards. Specifically, if you can like just dab for maybe a week or dramatically reduce your flour intake for a little while, you should notice a big difference. Um, Now, that stickiness accumulates in your dab rig and is basically the same as the material that you are dabbing. Super sticky, even more so because it's been decarboxylated, it's been heated, and the THC molecule takes a an oily composition on the molecular level. So activated THC is going to be more oily Whereas when you're working with THCA in a cannabis concentrate, it's going to be uh, more like a shatter or a sugar. If you are dabbing CO2 oil, then chances are you're dabbing THC. But I go through all of that in uh, various different concentrates podcasts that you can find. uh, Because the point is that you're going to need a very high-grade alcohol solution in order to break through that stickiness. But you can also collect what reclaim you have access to and reuse it as new medicine. So I will scrape 
um, the globs of reclaim that collect at the bottom of my bangers at the little joint piece. Um, I'll wait for it to cool and then I'll pull it out and I'll just kind of scrape along the inside and I'll use that either as an edible or I'll use it topically. Now, using it topically, um, I do have to be careful. Just yesterday, I was taking a lot of reclaim that I had because I had a big gunk of reclaim uh, at the bottom of my banger. And I put it on a bunch of different moles on my arm that I just wanted to, to spot treat. And I didn't cover them because there were so many. And the oilier nature of the reclaim actually allows it to seep into the skin much more quickly than a shatter would. But during that process, I also picked up my cat and transferred some of the reclaim onto her fur, which I discovered like 20 minutes later. And I was like, what did you get into? I was like, ah, oh, shit. You get, I got into you is what happened. And I um, smoothed it out with some coconut oil. Um, so if you get uh, the reclaim on stuff, again, using an oil can help uh, clean it up for you, especially when using an alcohol isn't a good idea. And then one of the nice things about the oil is that it's easy to clean up with soap. So you clean the cannabis with oil and you get a good mix going, and then you can clean it all up with soap, and it's usually as good as new, if that's like on your table or something, right? Say you've got like a, a Formica table, and you don't want to use alcohol on it, so you clean it up with some coconut oil, and then you suds down the table, good as new. Well, what I did not do was suds down my kitty's paw, after I put that coconut oil on there. She was very upset about what I was doing and I kind of just let her go so that she could be by herself. And I monitored her to make sure that she didn't lick her paw right away, but I didn't I didn't go back and clean it off. And at some point in time, she did. So all day yesterday, my cat was mostly fine and then would have these horrible moments of just sheer vertigo and nausea. And by the end of the night, she had projectile vomited at least once. And if you're a cat person, you know that that is not good news. Now, luckily, since I had known that she had gotten reclaim in her system, um, I, I didn't totally freak out to take her to the vet. I monitored her, I monitored her hydration. Um, she does not like cannabis smoke. But she didn't mind a little bit of dab being blown at her. I blow it towards the back of her, not like in her face or anything, just to help her with her nausea, which worked really, really well. Eventually, when the torch broke, um, I did have to blow some some smoke behind her, which she wasn't as big a fan of, but which also worked. And good news is... She was totally fine this morning. There was no puke overnight. Uh, she's back to her annoying, wonderful self. And yeah. So point being, again, another risk I probably should have thrown up there. If you have animals or children, you're going to want to watch your reclaim too, because it can make them sick 
more so if you mix it with an oil like this jackass did. Now, if you want to avoid a lot of the safety issues that come with uh, having a rig, having a torch, all of the stickiness, there are fancy machines that you can use. Um, the Firefly 2 is one that I've heard good things about, but have not experienced myself. Uh, and then if I were to drop several hundred dollars on something, I would go after the Vape Exhale. And that is Vape X H A L E. And uh, I think it's all one word. Um, the guy who uh, who invented it, you know, he loved dabs, but he had children and he was worried about the safety issues. And he was also worried about the safety issues of a lot of the products that were on the market that use different metal and plastic uh, as part of the heating elements. And so he ended up making something that it, it, I guess it's all glass, um, all of the heating elements and all the places that actually touch cannabis are glass. And it's supposed to be a self-contained unit. I have no idea how easy or difficult it is to keep clean. Um, but if you really, really want to make sure that you've got the highest end stuff and uh, you've got the money to, to lay it down to do that, try the vape exhale. I'll, I'll put a link on this blog too. All right, you guys, that wraps up my tips for your first dab. Uh, go slow, go slow, go slow. Have lots of stuff for the stickiness, oil, alcohol, uh, isopropyl alcohol that is, though any high grade alcohol will work. And be careful, okay? You're gonna get really stoned off of this, especially if it's your first time. Even a small dab, just a, a little rice grain of material is like smoking multiple bowls at once. It can be very intense the first time. And if it isn't as intense as you like it, you can always take another hit. All right? You get used to this. And then we'll go back to uh, some more advanced things like what to do when you do want a dollop instead of a dab. All right, guys, quick safety. Let's do it. I've got Chong the Bong with me because I still haven't gone to Lowe's to go get a new ignition starter thingy. I don't know what that fucking thing's called. The tube with the button and the nozzle on it. Uh, I got uh, some jelly bean in the bong right now. And I know that my buddy Rasta Jeff is always talking about jelly bean because he knows the chick who did the breeding for jelly bean. And I was listening to one of the podcasts and I think he was helping a listener, um, and he talked about three different phenos for jelly bean. Actually, I think he only talked about two because he said one was more sweet and one was more citrus. Well, maybe then he talked about three because the one I've got is both citrusy and sweet. And depending on where it's been stored, it really changes its, uh, its flavor and its flavor really changes its effects. So if I keep it in the jar, it stays more citrusy and has more of an uplifting but mellow sativa effect. Whereas if I leave it out uh, for like an hour or so, 
Um, the citrus kind of burns off and it's left with a sweeter taste, more like the jelly bean. And it's got more of a, a relaxed, profound body effect with it. Not overwhelming like an indica, but just a little bit more indica leaning than it was with the extra citrus. And it's both really cool to be able to manipulate a strain like that and also a little bit infuriating because like rolling a joint is, I, I don't get the same sativa effects that I do out of packing a bong load straight out of my jar. So maybe I just got a weird pheno. Um, maybe just the grower didn't quite know what they were doing. Uh, this is an excellent example of how a flower can be so close and just a little off at the same time. But in the end, I do enjoy smoking it. It keeps me positive, but not hyped up. Like uh, right now, with just everything that I've got going on, the holy headband, it's great in little quantities throughout my day to just give me a little bit more energy um, because the jelly bean doesn't really give me any energy. Um, but if I smoke too much of it, it makes me really frenetic and anxious and anxiety is my, my big enemy right now. Um, because anxiety is what gets me going in those cycles of negativity. Um, maybe one day it'll get me going in anxiety circles of positivity. I wouldn't that be a thing. That'll be the day. Um, yeah, I'll keep aiming for it. All right, this bong load is to cycles of positivity. Cheers. positivity. Ah, oh, shit. That's another thing that I should have said. I mean, I kiss, I feel like I repeat myself sometimes, so I don't always remember to say things. But if you're dabbing for the first time, just like smoking weed, you don't have to hold it in. In fact, you have to hold it in even less because there is so much more cannabinoids there for you. You're going to be flooded with cannabinoids more than you know what to do. Don't be a hero. Small hits, exhale. The exhale is a big part of getting high. So wait for that feeling before you go back and decide that uh, you need more. If you don't get it within the first, I'd say, two minutes, yeah, go for it. But most of us get that feeling, especially on our first time. Most of us are high as soon as we inhale it. Uh, you know, you, your, your lips are on the rig and your eyes go cross-eyed and your brain goes, whoa, whoa. And, uh, and then you're a dab head for the rest of your fucking life. It's amazing. All right, I'm going to finish this bowl. which is apparently clogged. But I'm not going to force it. 
because forcing it down is going to force me to gag and cough. Ain't going to do it. God, I'm a mature stoner now, aren't I? All right, you guys, thank you so much for spliffing it with me and for reaching out. And even if you didn't reach out, no worries. You know, I appreciate when you guys listen. I appreciate when you share. If you would like to leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen, uh, but most importantly, iTunes is where it does the most good for helping other people discover the podcast. Um, yeah, and it also gives me a nice little ego boost. You can do that. Feel free to find and follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Spliff Podcast. On Twitter, it's just at Spliff Podcast because there wasn't enough room for the. And when I do stupid things like bounce out for a little while, I do try and uh, and make a post of some sort that I am okay and the podcast is coming. I kind of lied on my last one. I was like, yeah, I'm going to try and get it out. And then I just I had no energy to do it. Um, and it was like a thousand degrees. So it's kind of warm in here now, but I'm making it happen. I am ready to give up on this yet because we are really close to our 100th episode and a two-year anniversary. Um, I It kind of blows my mind right now. I know that I'm not like Ross and Jeff in this with like this boom, boom, podcast, podcast, podcast. But I'm really proud of what I've been able to put out there. And I'm really proud of being able to help people change their lives and change the lives of other people. Um, I, I couldn't just be more filled with pride and love, quite frankly. Um, so thank you guys for that. And we're going to keep it up. If you would like to help cover some of the expenses of this, you can become a patron at Patreon. You can look for the Spliff Podcast. Or you can also just make a straight contribution. Or you can use my Amazon affiliate link. You can find the Amazon affiliate link on my website under the shop slash support section. Maybe it's support slash shop. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but there's a little Amazon square right there. You click on that bookmark it. Every time you use Amazon, if you make your purchase through that link, a portion of your purchase gets put into an account for the Spliff podcast at no extra expense to you. And those cents and dollars add up and help me pay for the website which is the spliffpodcast.com. Remember, this is podcast because we're punny people around here. Depression ain't going to take away our punniness whatsoever. It might just dull it down a little bit to make it socially acceptable. I make no promises. Uh, once again, www.thespliffpodcast.com. You'll find the links, you'll find my social media, and you'll find my blogs with all of the podcasts listed and available for download. If you've got a specific question or a topic that you'd like me to ramble on and on and fucking on about, you can send me a message through the social media, or you can send me an email at thespliffpodcast at gmail.com. Also, I've got a phone line, 209-867-7543. That's 209-86-SPLIFF. And through that, you can call me like my buddy, Mystery Man V, 
Or you can text me, like my buddy Mark. I got no problem with long text messages either, like whatever. I may not always respond right away, but that's because I want to give you the time and attention that you all deserve. But I will get back to you. All right, you guys. Genuinely, thank you so much for spliffing it. I can't promise that I'm going to toke in next week. Things are just a little bit chaotic as I'm I'm dealing with the move. Um, but I'm going to try and I will be back. And when I do move and get everything set up, I should be back better than ever. I might even have some big plans coming up for some new things that I want to do. And don't worry, I'll still be near enough to the train that when it goes by, we're in the neighborhood of make-believe. I'm just going to move to the other side of the tracks, baby. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thanks for spliffing it. Ciao for now. Hey, I just want to throw a little plug at the end for my buddy, Bill, who has a new podcast out. He is a kind of a bigger guy and he and his buddy, Matt, have a podcast about their journey into better diet, better exercise, and an attempt at ultimately weight loss. It's called Bill and Matt are losing it. You can find it in iTunes. And uh, I don't know Matt, but I do know Bill who has one of the best laughs in the world is one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. And he's hilarious. And his buddy, Matt, with him together are just, I love their chemistry. They have really great timing. They have really great banter and they have genuine, authentic journeys that they're both on. So whether you just want a a new podcast to kind of eavesdrop on or whether you relate to their journey of better nutrition and want somebody to ride along with, check them out. And uh, I also say this because they they put some Dion Warwick in my head. And uh, it, it kind of fits with the whole like theme of what I've been going on with thinking my listeners. And I just want to say, keep shining, keep smiling, knowing you can always count on me. For sure. That's what friends are for. Thanks for being my friends, you guys.